Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. It is a great day in the USA. I want to thank our flagship station, Red State Talk Radio, the most listened to talk platform in the nation, along with Urban Family Talk, Ministry of American Family Radio, and Loving Liberty. want to thank all of you who replay our show as well around the nation uh, later on in the day. Well, friends, I think you can actually and factually say that uh, the only thing that's going to get any business done in this country right now is if you, the American people, turn back to our roots, our Judeo-Christian roots, um, Alexander Hamilton, as well as John Jay and others, said that a nation like ours cannot possibly consist or continue to exist if, in fact, it is not given to a moral and virtuous people. Now, on June 2nd, there is coming up a national day. Yes, I'm going to say it, a national day of prayer. Although we're looking at right now 250 plus religious leaders that will be joining together to pray for the president of the United States. Joining me now is the pastor of New Destiny Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. She is a renowned author and evangelist, warrior for God, my friend, and spiritual advisor to President Donald John Trump. Help me welcome back to the show, Paula White Kane. How are you? I am doing fantastic, CL. It's so good to be with you and all your listeners and really uh, pumped up and excited about this Sunday and to share how all of this came about. Um, I actually had had several. I was with the president. Um, we had done an immigration rollout and we had done different things. And then we flew up with them to New York and it's just been going through different things, and and two or three different pastors called me and said, I just feel this urgency to pray, urgency to pray. And then I think it was, it was the day he went to Japan. Um, Franklin Graham called me up and said, Paula, I really feel we need to call the nation to prayer, and we need to pray for President Trump. We know the power of prayer. Prayer brings the will of God to pass on the earth. And we could tell, I mean, I'll start going through all the scriptures, and we'll talk about different things with that. But it it was a confirmation, and I said, Franklin, I believe so, too. So we urgently, those 250 
um, leaders that you see sign up. They'll all be in USA Today tomorrow. They're on Franklin's, you know, web and everything, Billy Graham Association, mine. But at this point, we have millions of people that have signed up, millions of millions of people. And, and they're simply saying we're setting aside June 2nd, and I don't believe it'll be June 2nd alone, to pray specifically for President Trump. We recognize Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wickedness, and darkness. We recognize that God has instructed us specifically to pray for our leaders. And people would say, well, why aren't you praying for Congress? Why aren't you praying for this person? Why aren't you praying for that? We pray for them every single day as believers. This is a very specific targeted prayer for our president that we believe um, in divine intervention. We believe that it is the church's place to do so. And I could talk a lot about that. I mean, there's so much I have to say, but I just want to encourage people to take time to get your church, to get your ministries, if it's two minutes, ten minutes, two hours, to pray for the president. You know, pray that, that God would. Go ahead, CL. You know, Paula, when uh, I'm hearing you, and I'm sure the audience is tuned in to exactly what you're saying, because there is a different feel now in our country when it comes to the political landscape. There is a an ugliness. It's 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 an it's a darkness that seems to be hovering there. And uh, you know, if you can't see it, folks, this president has been a shining light through all. All of that. He has been trying to conduct the people's business. And I do believe it's because he has surrounded himself with people like Pastor Kane, Pastor Paula White Kane, and uh, also Pastor uh, uh, Franklin Graham. Folks, you must pray now that God will come and heal our land. Paula, let me ask you this. Have you seen such poisonous uh, attacks and darts fired at any president in our time. You and I are, 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 are in the same no, age bracket. Absolutely. You're much younger Look, than me, though. Uh, you're going to get me all fired up here, all right? Because not only have I not, I, I, I am 53 years old, but there are people that I work with that are 70, 80, 90 years old that are, uh, I mean, giants for the kingdom of God who have done this for decades and decades and decades standing for Christ and the church. And they say that there has never been this kind of attack that they've never seen anyone so unrighteously attacked in such a way. People might not necessarily agree with his persona or every, none of us agree with everybody all the time on all things. But at the end of the day, especially as a believer, when you look at policy, when you look at the decisions he's making, when you look at what he's doing and you take your Bible and you line it up and you line it up with the value of our nation, our constitution, we are not just fighting. And this is important, what we're battling for because why are we praying for President Trump? This is what uh, Reverend Graham and myself and many others said. We, we actually got the president on the line on Air Force One, spoke to him for, said, we're calling the nation to prayer and said, they don't just want to destroy you. They want to destroy our nation. And immediately without even a, a blink of the eye, the president said, they want to destroy Christianity. I mean, just that fast. And, and, it's been said by many that the only, the comparison to this president is to Abraham Lincoln was probably the only other person that went through this kind of viciousness. So it will probably be decades until it is uh, 
rolled out to really see um, not only the achievements, the success, the divine intervention that God has done. But let me help the, the skeptics for just a minute, okay? Let me help those that go or, or want to play the devil's advocate, etc. If in 1820, so when immediately we know that we're called to pray and to pray for those in leadership, period. In 1828, God gave us very specific instructions, and he gave us jurisdiction. And and really, I say, listen, this is not a world problem. The world is doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, When you're veiled, when you walk in deception, when you don't know, you know, when you're deceived, because that's what the father of all liars says, that's what Satan does. But Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 clearly says that God gives us eyes of understanding and enlightenment that we may know what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. If we look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through about 23, I'm going to make it real simple for people. The message version says that Jesus rules over all government, all galaxies. So the first question is, well, then what in the world is going on? And it says he has the final word and the final say over all things. People get really excited. They said at the center of this, he is the head of the church, the body of the body, the bride of Christ in which he rules. And it says that that is where he acts and he moves and he speaks for the church is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. So I simply say, listen, the world is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. It, it's blinded, it walks in darkness, it walks in deception. But the problem is not within the world. I say it's a church problem. Because Absol- when we stop pl- playing, playing, you know, po- do you want to be popular or do you want to be purposeful? Do you know your word but without having knowledge of the word? The Bible says we will perish. And so God simply says this. And in 1828, Webster's Dictionary defined government as self-control, temperance. And today, if we were to get on our super Internet highway of the, you know, Google something and we start looking at government, it's going to lead us to a political figure or something. So we have to go to God's word. What does God have to say? There are five areas that God says we're to govern. Number one, ourselves, that we're to have government over self-control. Number two, and I'm not giving you all the scripture background because we'd be on here forever. Number two is family, that we are, and we're fighting for family, that we are to raise our children. We are to govern over our families. Number three is business, that he gave us he gave us authority to own homes, to do business, to have governance over that. Number four is ecclesiastical, that we have jurisdiction over religious liberty, over freedom. And five is political and civic. And the reason is that number five, God said, these are the governance, because if the righteous rule and reign in those, then the other four that God gave us government our governance over, we would live peaceably and in unity. Wow. So what we are fighting for is is what this nation was founded on. Wow. And if we just go back to the simplicity of people say, I mean, it's so crazy some of the things we hear. You know, well, you know, all of our forefathers are immigrants. Yes, with the value system that created the greatest constitution. That, that came together that said to we do not want to be a state religion 
really worship. No different than when the Israel comes out of Egypt after 400 years of bondage, and, and they simply, they're given Egypt's gold and silver and raiment because they want one thing. God gives them one instruction. After the ten plagues that's represented, the ten gods, false gods of Egypt, he said one instruction. Worship the Lord your God with all of your heart. In the New Testament, we know that that's our greatest commandment. Worship God with all your heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love the Lord with all your heart. We're on with Pastor Paula White Kane, pastor, senior pastor of the New Destiny Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. She, along with Franklin Graham, are calling for a national day of prayer. Millions have already signed on to this obligation. And really, folks, if you have the heart for our nation, you should join all of us in doing this prayer, saying a prayer, lifting our president up in prayer throughout our nation. Paula, you mentioned um, civil war, the word civil war, and you said Lincoln uh, may have gone through this type of dark shadow. Certainly he did during the civil war. Let me ask you about the new topics of the American civil war, and that is abortion and the LGBTQ uh, uh, agendas. I do believe that uh, centered around those, civil war very well could, in fact, again, uh, come to our nation, perhaps in a different way. Give us an idea of your take on whether or not the uh, um, not the LGBT uh, and particularly the abortion issue. Do Christians have this on the run under the leadership of this president? Well, first off, our president came out immediately, even when he was campaigning. Think what he said. I mean, not only did he immediately come out with Mexico City, you know, I mean, defunding Planned Parenthood, um, conscious act. I mean, I could just go on and on how pro-life he is. But in the last debate, he turned to Hillary Clinton and he said, what, you would literally rip a child out of the womb? Well, people almost thought that was metaphoric at the time. But we literally, less than two years later, are living in a place that we are fighting not for the unborn, but for the born. There are states, when Kumo came out and New York came out, Pennsylvania came out, and they went, look, you know, no reason, no excuse, no, no restrictions whatsoever. As a baby is being born, that, that literally, I'm going to call it murder. You can take that child's life. I don't like the sex of the child. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable, some of the things. And then this, you know, people think the Christians, um, like the, the, there's this hatred in, uh, towards LGBTQ, and there's not. Christians love people. God so loved the world. What, the, what Christians stand for is we are not going to be forced to lose to, for our values to be taken away. I don't want my grandchild to go to school and learn Common Core. When, when, when I don't want to be forced to do certain things, the Equality Act of saying, well, you have to hire a transvestite. This, you know, you have to do that. That's completely against. When you start taking me outside of the realms of the Word of God, you have broken everything that this nation was founded on. 
And that's so exactly right. Say, that's exactly right. And I can say, oh, you know, it's not a, it's not an issue. It's my granddaughter in the background. Sorry, it's our family day. But I, oh, I would do this for you, CL. It's a, uh, I, it is, it is what we are really standing for and fighting for is the very core of our nation. President Trump, I believe, will be reelected in 2020. But then we're only we're looking at six years. We're fighting. We don't want to be a socialist, a communist country in 10 years, in 20 years. We need to have understanding. It's sad that when people come through the pathway of immigration legally, they know more about civics than, than children who are born as an American citizen in our own country. So, yeah, you can tell I'm a little fired up here. Oh, absolutely, I, I, you are. And listen, you always no, but, uh, are. You always are, Paula, and it's but, always so great to have you on with me. I do understand that your time is limited. Um, I, I wanted to say I really encourage everyone to heed to this call, to understand the power of prayer. That as Christians, we win battles, not not with our our fist or anything else, but on our knees when we fall on our face. God gives us victory after victory. It's like Jehoshaphat and Israel being in an impossible situation, and they were up against army after army after army. And God basically said, you might have to face the battle, but you won't have to fight it. I will be your vindicator. But it is only through the power of prayer. And at this time, as we've seen, it's like we've crossed this threshold that has gone into absolute absurdity. And I encourage, and somebody might be saying, I don't like President Trump. I don't like, well, if you're a Christian, you're, let's just say they hate him. Let's just go there. As a Christian, you're to pray for your enemies. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's start praying. And, uh, and if you start praying, you're going to get God's perspective. And that is exactly what we need. Paula White Kane, pastor of the New Destiny Christian Center in Apopka, Florida, has been my guest. June 2nd, that's this Sunday, all of you, and I know that most of you, I would gander, uh, this audience are faith people, people who believe in our creator, our God, and are followers, most likely, of his son, Jesus Christ, as I and Paula White are. This Sunday, lift up DJT, Donald John Trump, in prayer with Franklin Graham, Paula White, and a host, millions of other Americans around the nation. Paula, thank you, as always, for being on with me. God bless you. God oh, keep you and continue fighting honor. the good if fight. People would like to, if they want more information, tell them to go to www.paulawhite.org and they can sign up, part of Franklin's social media. Let us know they're praying. Listen, I'm going to take all these names personally cause it's just, and give them to the president because I just felt like he needs to see. How many people are praying for him? And awesome. How many people are standing? Up so against. Be blessed, CEO. We love you, and I'll be back on soon. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Much love. Bye bye.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. C.L. Bye with you on this great day in the USA, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. My guest uh, there in the last segment was uh, Pastor Paula White, Pastor Paula White Kane, a senior pastor of the New Destiny Christian Church there in Apopka, Florida. And uh, she, along with Franklin Graham and a host, millions, in fact, of other Americans around the nation, will acknowledge this Sunday, June 2nd, as a day where we all target and focus our prayers toward and for the president of the United States, Donald John Trump. Lift him up in prayer. And Paula was saying to us um, that, you know, you may say, well, I don't like his persona. You know, I don't like the way he rolls with, uh, you know, his personality, character, yada, yada, yada. As far as that's concerned, friends, um, if America ever needed uh, a time when we understand not only forgiveness, but also uh, who we are. It is now. And I have been going over the uh, 28 principles of liberty. I'm going to continue that after the news break. We have one more guest coming up, but I'm going to continue that after the news break. And friends, I, I have to tell you that when we think about our liberty and our freedom and how you and, and this is the sad part. The sad part is I don't think many of us are aware that our personal liberties and freedoms are truly on the line. And I think one of the reasons why we're not as aware of that is because we've never seen it any other way. Huh? We've always just had it this way. And 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 quite frankly, let's let's just can we be honest here? Quite frankly, we are spoiled. Americans. We we are. We're spoiled. And I knew we were spoiled the first time I took a missionary trip uh, to South America. And uh, we were in, you know, large cities and rural cities. But either way, either way, we had large crowds of people who walked from their homes and some of those homes are not more than plastic 
tents, you know, held together by duct tape. But they would walk. And I was I, I remember saying to myself, you can't get an American to drive around the block for something that is uh, soul encouraging. We're spoiled. And, and my next guest uh, will will talk to us about how we very well may be spoiled when it comes to the price of gasoline. Now, you may be one who is all in favor of the Green New Deal. But I'm telling you, you won't be in favor of that when you have to pay the price for uh, this Green New Deal. It's all about the money, folks. It's all about that, and 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 that that it's that you're able to keep in your pocket. Are you hearing me? It's it, and, and for some reason, because we're so spoiled, we friends somehow feel as though we need to atone for the rest of the world. Now, my next guest is going to talk to us about just how spoiled Americans may be, uh, along with other things, when it comes to the price of gasoline. However, Americans understand the price of gasoline may be going up. Let's hear now from a regular on the show, my good friend, businessman extraordinaire, oil man extraordinaire, and he is one who has his fingers on the pulse of America. That's Mike Woods. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. How are you, Mike? I'm fine, CL. How are you, my friend? Doing fantastically well. Thank you so much. Let me ask you, Mike. Now, I bought gas in our hometown, Shreveport, Louisiana, for two nineteen. That may be shocking to some people around the nation, but yes, it was two nineteen. Mike, are we in jeopardy of going toward three or three and a half? Well, the, some of the pundits are saying we are. I, I don't see that happening, CL, in Louisiana, because we have a fairly low uh, federal and state gasoline tax. Now, it's, I will tell you, as you know, our good friends in California, because of their air quality standards, are already paying over $3. Uh, my children in Hawaii are paying over $4. But um, it, the, the oil prices are all over the market right now. I, I, I get up every morning at about 4.30 and, and start looking and, and seeing. And this morning, oil was up about $1.20. In fact, it was over uh, – it was it was up a dollar something, but it's now it has dropped back again um, about a dollar thirty. And uh, let's see what it is at this moment. It uh, West Texas Intermediate is trading at fifty seven forty six. It's down a dollar thirty five. Wow! And, and we have a we have a couple of factors. I mean, we have this trade war going on versus supply disruption. We have OPEC cuts. Uh, U.S. sanctions against Venezuela and Iran uh, versus uh, rising U.S. production. As you know, U.S. production now is over 12 million barrels a day, uh, up over 3 million barrels a day just in the last year. 
so it's an economic slowdown question versus supply issues, and that's what's bouncing prices all over everywhere. You mentioned the trade war, uh, Mike Woods, and one of the things I want to get your opinion on, I know that we've talked about this, but it's been several months, and things change. The winds blow in different directions. But is the president still on the right track with the with President Xi of China uh, when it comes to uh, this type of confrontation? Mike Woods, talk to us about it. I don't think there's any question he's on track, uh, CL. I mean, China has been taking advantage of us for years and years, and, and basically every administration, both Democratic and Republican, has just laid down and said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. And we finally have a president who's standing up. Now, is there going to be some pain? Yes. Tariffs are nobody's friend. Uh, but the only way we can ever get China to come to the table and 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 say, look, you have no tariffs. We have no tariffs. Everybody has open free trade, and, and that's what the president's trying to do. But it's uh, it's some tough love right now, and I know it's, it, the farmers are hollering, and, and uh, the president has stepped up and, and trying to to, uh, to help them, with, with especially soybean farmers and others. But uh, I still think he's on the right track. If we ever want to turn the, uh, the China trade issue around, We've got to do it this way. So, let me ask you this, Mike. Uh, you and, and talk to the consumer right now. And and, and unfortunately, uh, you're either a producer or a consumer of something. And uh, only the fruit of your labor will tell us what uh, good that that is, pro or con. But Mike, let's talk to the consumer right now. Uh, you mentioned the price of oil being down, and you also mentioned that uh, you know you've seen it, of course, go go up. When you talk to the consumer, help the consumer understand what it means to them when you have oil up or oil down or soybeans up. Talk talk to us about that. Well, obviously, with gasoline, it, it is a refined product of crude oil. And so as crude prices go up, uh, the price of gasoline goes up. Now, crude oil uh, makes up probably 50% of, of the price of gasoline because you have refining, you have transportation, you have marketing. Uh, but no question, when when prices go up, uh, it, it it impacts gasoline. Now, what makes prices go up? And we've talked about Econ 101 through the years. It's supply and demand. Uh, why does gasoline go up during the summer? Well, what do we do during the summer? We all go on vacation. We drive. And so gasoline demand increases. And, and we've also talked about you have a different gasoline blend in the summertime. You have a summer blend versus your winter blend, and the summer blend is more expensive to refine. So, again, that adds to the cost of, of gasoline. So as, as we drive more and consume more gasoline, it drives the price up. And then as we get into Labor Day and kids go back to school, our vacations uh, slow down, we drive less, the price goes down. So it's, it's, it's a simple function of, of economics, and, and people think that – uh, those of us in the industry have the the ability to manipulate the price. I, I wish I could, uh, but you know, in the last few years, we've just in the last year we've seen uh, crude oil go from a low of forty dollars a barrel to to a high of seventy five. So that's just in one year period. And then if you look back further, uh, back in the in the nineteen uh, late. It, last part of the century, it was down to $9. In 1999, it was $9.50 a barrel. Uh, then in 2008, it went to $144 a barrel. And then since then, it, it's it's bounced back and forth. And, and you know, part of the, the, the issues we have is that until recently, the majority of our crude production came out of the Middle East. Uh, and, and fortunately, you know, 
10, 15 years ago, the United States was producing less than 6 million barrels a day. And as I said earlier, we're now producing 12 million barrels a day. So we're becoming more energy independent, but the, the nation as a whole still consumes 19 million barrels a day. Wow. So we still have some some way to, to make up. Worldwide, we're consuming 100 million barrels a day. Uh, and, and there's some things on the horizon, such as uh, the International uh, Maritime Organization is making all of the, the ships go to a low sulfur fuel by 2020. That's going to take another million and a half barrels a day off the market because to make that low sulfur uh, fuel, it, it takes more crude oil uh, as you're refining it. That's and amazing. See, I'll Go ahead, Mike. A lot of folks don't understand that the the conflict in the Middle East is not just people, countries not liking each other. It goes back to the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, when he died in 632 A.D., there was a fight as to who would succeed him. And, and the Shia side of the Muslims uh, contended that the Prophet anointed uh, Ali, his cousin and son-in-law, to, to head the, uh, the 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 religion and and then the the Sunni side said no that that's not right. Um, uh, Abu Bakr was a friend and father of Muhammad's wife. He should succeed him. So we have this this conflict between the Sunnis and the Shias, uh, who are all Muslim, who all uh, you know look to to uh, the Prophet Muhammad. But when you look at the the geographics of the countries. Uh, Saudi Arabia is uh, predominantly Sunni, as well as, as Egypt predominantly Sunni. But when you look to the north and the east, Iraq and Iran are predominantly Shia. So a, a lot of the, the conflict over there is uh, the Muslims fighting each other. The, the Shias don't like the Sunnis, and, and that's why you're seeing, you know, uh, Ambassador Bolton came out and, and contended that it's Iran that's planting the bombs on the, the tankers. Uh, to try to, to impact Saudi Arabia's economy. And the majority of these countries, their population under 25, unemployed, and so they need high crude prices to keep to keep their, their uh, citizens happy. So it, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, and, and so that's, that's part of the whole turmoil we're dealing with with crude oil prices. Mike, let me ask you this. When we uh, think about, you had mentioned, of course, uh, of course, one of the most expensive places to live uh, w within the United States, well, not within the continental United States, but within the, uh, the borders of the United States, the um, territories of the United States, Hawaii, $4, over $4 a gallon there for, ga for ga gasoline. But when we think about America as compared to the rest of the world. Um, are we then spoiled at the pumps? Uh, because, hey, man, I have seen some outrageous gas prices in, in places that uh, we have traveled on missionary journeys. And uh, do they buy gas the same way in other countries? Help us put in perspective. Got about four minutes left in this segment, Mike, how Americans uh, compare to other places in the world. Well, we're we're spoiled, and 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 you talked about it early on that you paid two dollars and nineteen cents for a gallon. Uh, go to anywhere uh, in Europe, and you're paying seven and eight dollars a gallon. Of course, over half of that is is federal tax. Um, uh, the countries over there, and that's why uh, they all drive smaller cars, and and they have always been so 
far ahead of us as far as diesels and 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 other uh, efficient fuel efficient vehicles because the, the the cost is so prohibitive for people to to drive the vehicles but uh, you know California is a great example and and I use it all the time there are over 300 different blends of gasoline nationwide in the United States. Now, now think about that, 300. Orange County in California has its own specific gasoline blend just for Orange County. So what happens if the refinery that's making gasoline for Orange County goes down? They can't go to Nevada and buy gasoline because it's not the right blend. And I always tell everybody to compare the price of Jet A fuel. Jet A fuel is Jet A fuel everywhere. doesn't make any difference whether it's California or Texas or New York. And so when you look at these these wide discrepancies in, in gasoline prices in California and, and other states that have the higher prices, part of it is state tax, part of it is federal tax, but a lot of it has, has more to do with a specific blend that, that the – the uh, the county or the state has and then we see even here in louisiana baton rouge is a non-ozone attainment area dallas is a non-ozone attainment area so during the summer gasoline in those cities are higher because it has to be a more oxygenated fuel because of the ozone issues and so even within our own states here in the south you have a discrepancy in gasoline prices but it's a shame that we can't get a national blend where everybody could make the same gasoline that would work in every state and then you would see a a a lowering of prices in some of these higher locales. You know, Mike, it seems like such common sense to do that. But, of course, we know that we're dealing with bureaucracies, politicians, and, of course, the swamp there in Washington. Of course, that didn't begin uh, just, folks. That's been going on for quite some time. We're on with Mike Woods, businessman extraordinaire. And if you have not guessed by now, someone who does have his fingers firmly on the pulse of American crude oil and the prices thereof around the globe. When I come back with Mike Woods, uh, we want to uh, sort of shift gears. I want to talk to him, uh, yes, about then what would be the effects of the Green New Deal to us on a global scale if, in fact, we were to adopt something like that and the rest of the world did not. I want to talk with the, to, with Mike Woods about that when we return. Uh, keep in mind, 100 million barrels, I think that's right, Michael, uh, bring us back up to speed on that, of uh, oil consumed uh, daily. And we're talking Green New Deal here. It doesn't seem like there might be something wrong, folks, with that picture. Huh? Well, we're going to talk with Mike about that. Also, we want to get his take uh, on what Robert Mueller did yesterday in regard to leaving our president uh, sort of twisting in his own way, uh, Mueller's own way, in the wind. It was totally unprofessional, in my opinion. I've known a lot of attorneys, and I have one on with me when we return. Mike Woods is my guest. You're listening to the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border. Red State Talk Radio, the largest talk platform in the nation. Urban Family Talk, as well as Loving Liberty. And all of you who replay the show uh, there um, after, well, we go off. I want to thank you for being a part of our team and welcoming us into your families. I'll be right back with Mike Woods. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. D-Rock, D-Rocks, I am an American. Hey, the 4th of July is coming up, and I know that you're going to be out there chilling and grilling wherever you do your chilling and grilling. It would be great if you're on the great outdoors there and you're blasting this latest song of D-Rocks. I am an American. I was blessed to uh, lend my voice to the opening of that really great American song. If you're traveling through Times Square there in New York City, look up above Ripley's Believe It or Not, and the Red State Talk billboard is right above Ripley's, and every hour the C.L. Bryant show does cycle through there about 15 seconds and old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you there in Times Square. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation every day in the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. On with me is one of our native sons, Mike Woods. Uh, he's one of my homeboys from Shreveport, Louisiana, but he is a businessman extraordinaire. He is a crude oil expert. He knows all about it. And Mike, when we left, I wanted to continue our conversation by asking you, uh, what then do those who are pushing this new green, this new green deal initiative, green energy initiative, uh, I think it's kind of, they look kind of stupid. They look kind of foolish when we consider how much oil is consumed throughout the world. Talk to us about the effects well, there's there's a lot of effects, uh, CL, and and uh, you only have to look to the the great state of New Mexico that under their Democratic governor uh, has just passed an Energy Transition Act, which requires New Mexico to move to 100% carbon-free energy. Now, what, what does that mean? It means you can't use any hydrocarbons in the heating of your home. Now, let, let let's think about that. First of all, the University of Chicago a while back when when AOC came out with this green deal, they contended that it would add at least 17% to the cost of, of energy if we went carbon-free. I don't think that's anywhere close to the actual cost. And just, just think about your own home here. And, and I had a home in New Mexico for 10 years. Fortunately, I left last year. I got tired of the, the politics. I saw what was coming with a new Democratic governor and, and a Democratic-led uh, legislative uh, body. And I thought, well, it's, it's time to get out of here because they're, they're getting ready to, to change. How do you heat your, your home? You heat your home with natural gas. I heat my home with natural gas. 
if the state of Louisiana would pass an energy transition act and we could no longer use natural gas, everybody has to change to electric heaters. What does that cost? Uh, why do we have natural gas in our homes to heat? Because natural gas is much more energy efficient than electricity to heat our homes. So I, I think we're, we're seeing some of these left-leaning states like New Mexico and, and others that are going to backdoor us with this carbon tax. And let's face it, that's what it is. When you eliminate hydrocarbons, that is a carbon tax. And unfortunately, one of the things I found in New Mexico, people are so ignorant when it comes to the oil and gas business. We were at a, a little shop one day, and, and my wife was looking at some clothes, and, and the lady there just at a conversation said, what do you do? I said, well, I'm in the oil and gas business. She she said, oh, I hope you're not out here to drill in New Mexico. And I said, no, ma'am, I don't do business in New Mexico. I, I, the climate is, is not pro-business. But I said, just out of curiosity, where do you think the heat from this building comes from? She said, oh, we don't burn hydrocarbons. We burn propane. Well, I had to explain to her that propane was a hydrocarbon, and, and she was indeed burning a hydrocarbon to heat her building. So how would she heat her building if, with this new carbon tax if all of a sudden you have to have no carbon uh, used? I mean, people don't understand and they don't think, and it sounds great. You know, I love the environment. That's an easy sell. But I've said all along that most environmentalists really aren't environmentalists. They're socialists. But socialism doesn't sell. But you can, you can sell, oh, I love the planet, so I, I want to do this. But the, the cost is too great. Uh, New Mexico is a poor state to begin with. They have a lot of oil and gas production and, and one of the few good-paying jobs out there uh, outside of, of the, uh, the industry of, of, of um, people who come and visit tourism is oil and gas. Uh, and so if you eliminate oil and gas production in New Mexico, I don't know where they're going to get their money from. They only have a 3% sales tax. They have a very low state income tax. It will bankrupt the state. Uh, they, but it's a crazy idea. They're biting but, but their own hands. They're biting the, their yeah. only hand that's feeding them. Mike, uh, again, about... Exactly. Uh, I've got about uh, six minutes left uh, with you today, and it's been great being with you. But I can't let you go without us talking about uh, what is going on there on Capitol Hill. Um, Mike, I have uh, known many attorneys. I've uh, sat through uh, trials, and I have uh, seen how the process works. And usually a prosecuting uh, person and a prosecuting attorney position is Mueller was, does not leave some type of cloud of suspicion over someone who has not been charged with any crime. Mike, I thought it was just outrageous what was going on, but I hope they continue doing what they're doing. Landslide 2020, Donald John Trump. How are you seeing that thing shaking out, Mike Woods? I, I, I agree with you 100%, CL. I, first of all, it, it was no prosecutor sh should ever, after the fact, come in and say, well, this may have happened. I mean, I saw somewhere they said he, he put his elbow on the scale, and he, and he really did. It, it was uncalled for. It was unprofessional. Uh, and there was absolutely um, uh, no reason behind it other than to, to – Toss a carrot, I guess, to, to uh, the Democrats. Of course, they're going round and round as to whether they want to pursue impeachment or not. But, but I truly think that they are misinterpreting what you and I and, and the others that supported Trump from day one, uh, 
it's only going to continue to stir up our base. And, and I think I think we have a great chance not only to have Trump reelected as president, but but I think we've got a great chance to take back over the House again because people people are disgusted with this. And if you look all the polls that I see that that you know should we impeach Trump, it's like sixty percent saying no. Uh, should we continue on with the investigation? It's the majority of the folks say no. We're tired. People in Congress are there to do a job, and it's not just to harass the president. And that's basically all the Democratic Party has right now. You know, I see a certain groveling going on with uh, Nancy Pelosi. And uh, not that I feel sorry for her, but I have seen people have to grovel, or at least they felt they had to grovel, for their jobs. Me, I always just walked away, but never grovel. But the thing is this. I see Nancy groveling with the donor base of her party now and I don't believe that she wants to be in the situation she's in and it's beginning to make her look frail and it's also beginning to make Joe Biden look ridiculous as well talk to us about those two characters and whatever else you might want to close out with Mike got about four and a half minutes well, it, it shows both with Pelosi and Biden uh, that, CL, they have nothing to run on. I mean, all they are doing is just running against the president. Tell us, tell us what you're going to do different. And, and, you know, it, it's so funny because Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden have both been up there for years and years. Uh, when, when Bush was in, in uh, the, the White House, it was all Bush's fault. Then when Obama got the White House, it was still all Bush's fault. And now that Trump is in the White House, it's all Trump's fault. Why isn't it their fault? They've been elected official for all these many years. I mean, Pelosi's. this is now the second time that she was Speaker of the House. Uh, Joe Biden had eight years as Vice President of the United States. Why don't they ever take the blame for anything that's ever happened? Now, they're saying that, that the, the economy is roaring because Obama set it up for, for Trump, and we all know that's that's an absolute joke. But, but they have nothing to run on. Uh, I mean, I saw you the other night on Fox. You did a great job, and, and, and I always enjoy watching you and appreciate when you stand up to these knuckleheads that are trying to tell us uh, something different. But, uh, you know, you have been successful because you wanted to be successful. I've been successful because I wanted to be successful. And everybody, that opportunity is there for everybody. Uh, but the, the, the Democrats want to continue to say that the reason that you aren't getting ahead is because this guy over here is getting ahead, and, and it's the, the pie is not unlimited. The pie is a limited pace, and, and he's got your piece of pie, and, and you can't. You can't get it, and that's that's just not the way the the economy works. Uh, when I do well and you do well, I mean more people do well, and 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 that's that's just the American dream, and that's what we all get up in the morning for, and and uh, go to work and and take the risk that we take every day, and and it's a shame. That, uh, that especially with this younger generation, that they don't get it. They're just waiting for somebody to give them something, free education or, or free whatever. Absolutely. Mike Woods has been my special guest. And, folks, if you don't take anything else from this conversation that we've had with this businessman extraordinaire and this oil man particularly extraordinaire, Mike Woods, take this uh, away from this conversation. He left you with the prescription uh, to be successful in this great land of ours, and that is go and find that piece of pie that you want to cut a slice of and cut the slice. It's there for you to do it. The opportunity in this country, especially now, I'm telling you, is definitely available for you to prosper in the 
the land of the free and the home of the brave. Mike Woods, continue to fight the good fight. Always, always encouraged by your insight, always enlightened by the things you tell us. want to thank you for being on here with us today. I know you're going to fight that good fight because you are fighting the good fight. Mike Woods, again, thank you so much for being on with me here today. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryan Show. And that was my good buddy, uh, Mike Woods, who was on with me there. And, uh, folks, yeah, you go out. You find a piece of that American pie that you that you want, that you like, and that you want to latch into. You want to take a bite of it yourself. You go do it. Hey, go do it. Oh, it's not enough now. Just talk about it. And even though I make my living uh, uh, talking, there's a lot of doing that goes along before you're able to do the talking. Oh, if you can talk it, you ought to be able to walk it. Go do it. You say you want a piece of the American pie, go get it. I just don't say it. Go do it. Because it's there for you. And uh, you can take the road to victimization if you want to. You can do that. You can take the road to victimization. And believe me, there are a lot of helping hands on that road to victimization. And once they get you into the hole, into the abyss of codependency on big government, There are no hands out of that hole because uh, they very seldom freed the slaves without some type of revolt. And the way Americans are being cowed down today, particularly our our younger people coming out of school, going into college and taking on the uh, workforce in their youth, their 20s and 30s, uh, early 40s, you know, they're cowed down. They're they're cowed down. They've already bought into the idea that we should have a nanny, a big government project that takes care of everything for us so that we can remain weak, dependent, and snowflakish. Yeah, you may not be a snowflake but you can be snowflake-ish. You may not be uh, a person who is a burden to the tax roll, but you may be thinking in ways that make you burden-ish. I'm CL. We'll be back after the news. Don't go anywhere. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.